Well, it's good to be with everyone this morning. As Allison mentioned, we were gone the past two Sundays. We were on a, our anniversary trip, and uh, Barry and Diane and a couple of their kids were gone as well. Their son got married in the Dominican Republic, and so I told the, the people on Wednesday night at service that Barry and I were just offended at Dave, and so we just decided to leave him for a couple weeks. But uh, just joking, but... Um, we're glad to be back. We went up to South Carolina, uh, Charleston area for a couple of days, and we traveled down to Savannah, Georgia, and then we hit up uh, St. Augustine in Jacksonville, and so we had no kids with us. It was weird. Life really does slow down without the kiddos, but my mom came in town, and she was with them for the whole week, and uh, she made it through. She made it through. Um, but thank you for your prayers. Thank you for uh, your support in the spirit realm for my wife and I and our family. Uh, if you could be praying for my grandfather, um, he had a minor stroke this past week. And uh, my grandpa is one of my heroes. He's my hero because he gave me a chance. I remember I got saved and I, I called him. I said, Grandpa, I got saved. And I said, in Matthew 28, it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I said, I'm just going to go and preach the gospel. And, uh, baby, can you give me a, a tissue? And um, <laughs> thank you, babe. <laughs> well, one of my contacts just fell out. But um, I called him in excitement, and he was excited with me. And he said, "Well, Brandon, how about you just start off, you know, sharing your testimony at my church." I was like, that's a good idea. We'll start there before I go to all the world and, and say what I don't know what I, so preach the gospel, which I didn't even know. And so I just remember, just remember the first couple of times I, I, I shared my, shared the gospel, uh, shared my testimony and, and shared the gospel. Gosh, I was in so much fear. I was so, I was scared straight. I was so, so intimidated. I, Lord, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not this smart guy. I don't have all these fancy words and all that stuff, and all it took was one, one old guy gave me a chance, and now the Lord's continuing to use me today and to strengthen his body, and um, never thought I'd be doing this, so just want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, God will use you, and there is more that he will use you for. His purposes are, are great, and they go beyond our own mind and our imagination, so I pray that encourages you. Also, I want to encourage, I told Carissa as she was working on this piece, I told her I'm just praying that the Lord would inspire this body, those who have a creative spirit, those who are into drama or music or singer-songwriter. 
uh, videography, any of those things, I'm just praying this morning that you would be inspired, that you would be motivated to jump out there and begin to do something for the Lord with your life. I really feel we need more of that. What we just saw, we need more of this in our body. We need more of this. So I just want to encourage you, if you feel that stirring in your heart, uh, go talk to Carissa. I don't know where she's sitting right there. I can barely see her with one contact in right now. You guys got a second? How else do you put a contact back in? There we go. I was blind, but now. There's Carissa right there. Anyways, anyways. Well, I knew that they were doing the, the piece this morning, and so. I wanted to just tie that into the theme of this, uh, this message, but I wanted to look at it from a different perspective. I, if you are a believer, you have received the mercy of God, and so what you just witnessed, that is, that is your testimony. That happened X amount of years ago for you. For me, it was 2007, where it changed, and I continued to, uh, to encounter his mercy. So this morning, though, I want to I look at it a different way. Uh, Jesus says that in Luke 6, that the Father, that he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Therefore, you be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. So now that we've received his mercy, there is a commandment. It's not optional. There's a commandment for us to be merciful to the world around us. But in, the, in John 8, what I feel like is happening behind the scenes is that you have the accuser on one end, and he clashes or he's confronted with the intercessor on the other end. There's another picture in Luke 22 when Jesus is with the disciples. He looks at Peter, and he says, Peter, Satan has asked me for you, the accuser. But he goes on to say, but I have prayed for you, the intercessor. We know in Revelation 12, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, accusing day and night. In Hebrews 7, it says, Jesus forever lives to make intercession. So in this picture of John 8, behind the scenes, maybe a prophetic perspective or What's happening in the spirit realm is that you have the accuser clashing with the intercessor. Over the past couple of weeks, I have in my heart been feeling a a deep stirring from the Lord that he is really trying to call us, his people, back to the place of prayer and intercession. With all the things going on in the world around us, we have to get back to the place of prayer and intercession. And there's so much accusation going on. Every time the elections, you know, come around, 
accusation is arrows are shot. But then you throw in there all the rioting, the looting, all the, the racial tension. There's so much accusation going on. And I find myself getting in the place of prayer and submitting to Jesus as the intercessor. And he's calling us, his church, to agreement with him as the lead intercessor. So as a church this morning, I, I want to challenge us, maybe ask us, who are we agreeing with? Who are we agreeing with? Are we agreeing with the accuser or are we agreeing with the intercessor? I can't help but feel the need and seriousness for us as the church to take our place in intercession with Christ. I want to sound the alarm for us to come into corporate agreement and prayer and intercession for the cause of Christ. I believe God wants to equip us with authority in the place of prayer. I believe he wants to gift us with a praying spirit. I believe he wants us to rise above all the accusation and come into agreement with him. But all the while, Satan is working tirelessly to get the church to forfeit her seat of intercession with Christ in order to sit with him in the seat of accusation. And Dave shared last week, at, very, at the very end of his message, he said, said a little short phrase I've been feeling all of this week, is that the Lord wants to give us a praying spirit. This is not something we could just make up on our own and get super excited about because we heard a message for two weeks in a row on it. The Lord has to do it. One of my prayers as well has been, Lord, change me. I, we're in a church, we're in a body where we preach messages, and I know we all feel convicted. We go home, gosh, I feel convicted. That's good. But I'm almost tired of just feeling convicted. Lord, change me. I feel convicted about a lot of different things. Gosh, just throw something out there. I'll get convicted about it. Doesn't matter what it is. But I'm, Lord, I want you to change me. So that, that's my heart this morning for us to be changed into a people of prayer, not just convicted into praying, because then we give up shortly. Lord, change us. But here's what I want to do. I want to use the illustration this morning to maybe ask the question once again, whose side are we on? So if Dennis could come up as the accuser, and you guys can stay on the ground level there, and if Juan could come up As the intercessor. Stay over there, accuser. Church, where are you? Your spouse, your kids, your family. Which side are you on? Those of you who are married, are you praying for your spouse? I remember the Lord showed me my wife wasn't meeting my needs at a certain time. And maybe last year he showed me this verse. Wasn't meeting my needs and I was complaining and I found myself, Lord, what's wrong with her? She's not meeting my needs. Yeah, thunder right now, yeah. Get her. Lord, strike her. Get her. 
Awaken her. Gosh, give her eyes to see. But I was, I was doing that. The kids, they're so needy. Gosh. Family members, we got the holidays coming up. Touch us, Lord. But, I, you know, I think for the most part, we, we're probably, we, we'll, we'll go to that side. Your boss, coworkers. Joe, you're a business owner. What would your employees say? Where, where are you with your boss? Tell me all the things wrong with him. I'm sure you know. Co-workers, they're all idiots. But, you know, we're church people. We probably pray for them too. You know, you do the good part. This body, we love each other, right? We would never talk about the person sitting next to us. We'll just talk about the person that's not sitting close to us that's on the other side. That's why we don't sit with them, right? We interceding for this body. You know, most of the prayers in the New Testament are for the church. You will find more prayers in the New Testament for the church than you'll find for the lost. Not saying we shouldn't pray for the lost, but Paul reveals so many prayers for the church. So we probably, you know, give us the benefit of the doubt, we probably pray for the church. Church down the road. Hey, hey now. If they're not a part of our kingdom and our church, forget about it. Lord bless them and we'll go on our way. Here's a good one. The elders, the leadership team here, y'all better be praying for us. Come on, Linda. You guys praying for the leadership team? Praying for the elders? Yeah, maybe. I'll, get, I'll, I'll throw on that side. I don't want to make it awkward. <clears throat> okay, here we go. We praying for the cops. Yeah, good. Praying for the cops. Thinking about Chelsea and Aaron up in North Carolina, praying for them. Okay. Good. We're praying for Jacob Blake, the brother who was shot seven times in Wisconsin by a police officer. I'm sure we can watch the video and find all the reasons why he should have been shot. I watched it too. God knows what's wrong with him. God knows the whole story. He knows the truth about what exactly happened. He doesn't need us to tell him. But he would like if we would step over here 
and have a heart of mercy and pray for this man's soul. Pray for his salvation. Pray for his mom and dad. Pray for his family. Here's another good one. Dr. Malcolm Jones. If you don't know him, so he's the guy, he's the doctor at the abortion clinic here in Lakeland who performs the abortions. All this is doing is exposing the tenderness that we do or don't have in our hearts. Once again, whose side are we on? Are we partnering with the accuser for this man? God sees all the stuff he's doing wrong. God knows all the stuff he's doing wrong. He doesn't need us to tell God he's doing it. God doesn't need it. He knows he sees. But he would like if we could take him and begin to intercede for his soul. But no, no, no. Rioters and looters. Which side are we on? I get it. I don't agree with what they're doing. Patrice, Alicia, or sorry, Alicia, and Opal. These three ladies, if you don't know who they are, they are the co-founders of Black Lives Matter. Go on record, I do not agree or stand with this organization of Black Lives Matter. Yes, Black Lives Matter. But with the agenda behind this, I disagree with. It is anti-Christ. It is not right. But I do agree that black people matter. I would encourage you to go on their website and look at their faces. Get their face in your mind so you can actually pray for them. They need our prayers. Church, they need our prayers. Brother Biden. Yeah, he needs prayer. Trump. But we, we probably pray for him. So, good. Okay. Set six over there and five over here. Is that five or six? Six and six. I didn't plan on that. Okay. Thank you guys. You guys can be seated. So church, we're about 50-50. We have mercy towards those whom we want to have mercy. And the other half, we just maybe let things happen, let them play out however they may. That's why I was praying even for myself that I would change. 
I know right now we all probably feel convicted. So now we're going to pray for, you know, Black Lives Matter, the Biden, the looters. All, we're, going to, we're going to start praying for them. But instead of being convicted, can you partner with me in prayer and ask God to change us? I want to be changed again. So John 8 demonstrates what the intercession of Christ accomplished. And so here we are. We are called as believers, as Christians, to partner with Christ in his intercession. He is our lead. He is our head intercessor. And we are intercessors with him. So we can't say, Brother Brandon, I'm just not a good prayer person, so I'm not called to intercede. No, you are called to intercede. A guy named Rick Renner looks at the word intercession. Here's what he says. It's an old word that doesn't even appear to exist outside of early Christian literature. In other words, that word intercession in the first century was only found in the Bible. It is the picture of one who comes upon someone who has fallen into some kind of dilemma or difficulty or predicament. Upon discovering the trapped person's dilemma, he swiftly swings into action to rescue and deliver the one who is in trouble. Therefore, the word intercession conveys the idea of a rescue operation. The word means to fall in on behalf of someone else. It is, what, what, it is what we might call a rescue. For instance, if someone fell into a deep cavern, you would have to descend down into that cavern to where that person is in order to rescue him and get him out. So the, the role of intercession is not some super spiritual, some mighty thing that only a few can do. If Christ saved you, then he's given you the power to save another. You, all you, we have to do is step and stand in the gap. So are we willing to stand in the gap for these kind of people? Someone once said that the power of the gospel is meant to go, is meant to reach as far as the curse is found. The power of the gospel is meant to reach as far as the curse is found. So I want to answer this question. I have just three short points here. What does our partnership with Christ and his intercession look like? What does our partnership with Christ in his intercession look like? Turn to Colossians chapter 2. Verse 
Isaiah 53. It says, he bore the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressor. What was Jesus' intercession? It was when he was on the cross, and he said, Father, forgive them. That was his intercession. Father, forgive them. Release them. So our partnership with this intercession looks like something. In Colossians, verses 11 through 15. Actually, just do 13 through 15. It says, And you, being dead in your trespasses, And the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In verse 14, it says, having wiped out the handwritten, the handwriting of requirements that was against us, or the certificate of debt that was against us. One of the ways that we partner with Christ in his intercession on the earth is that we actually pray that the gospel would go forth to lift the curse. There is a curse on mankind. It's called sin. So if you are saying, I don't know how to intercede, I don't know what to pray, we partner with God through Christ in his gospel that it would be preached and the curse would be lifted off of their life. Galatians 3, it says, he became a curse for us. So I want you to think about when you are praying for specific people in your life who don't know the Lord, I want you to begin to pray, Father, lift the curse off of their lives. I pray the gospel would go forth into their realm, wherever they're at. They would hear it, and the curse would be lifted, and blessing would come. Because right now, Satan has his way in their life. And as long as the curse is there, they're bound. So our first way to partner with Christ in his intercession is that we are praying that the gospel would go forth and the curse would be lifted up from them. The second way, verse 15, it says, having disarmed principalities and powers. The second way is that we pray The power of the cross would go forth to disarm principalities and powers. That we would pray the power of the cross would be released to disarm principalities and powers. Christ has already done this 2,000 years ago, and we are called to partner with him to apply it to today. That there are principalities and powers that are armed and we are called as a church to, part, to, to come together as one 
and to agree with what his intercession has accomplished so that principalities and powers will be disarmed, that ears would be able to hear, eyes would be able to see, hearts would be opened. There's that verse in Ephesians 3. Talks about how the church would make known the manifold wisdom of God to principalities and powers. How does the church make known the wisdom of God to principalities and powers? We actually gather together to pray and intercede and agree with what Christ accomplished on the cross, and we begin to pray it, speak it, say it. Preach it, declare it, proclaim it. I mean, it, it, really, it's, it really is that simple. But the challenge is, will we gather to pray? Will we agree? No, pray this way. No, 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 pray that way. You're too loud. You're too quiet. You're all over the place. Can we, can we lay that aside? And can we gather together to pray? Because it's the church that's going to declare this to principalities and powers. It's not going to be just the elders. It's not going to be the head, most spiritual intercessor. It's actually going to be the church. So you. So if you're not doing your part, then the full church is not declaring the wisdom of God to principalities and powers. And once again, here's, here's the great part. There's no pressure on us to go, to go in the spirit and try to like kung fu demons and take their power away. Like we're not going in prayer. Let's kung fu our way to the highest demon and highest principality and let's take their scepter. Let's take their throne and crown and let's run. All right, Lord, we got it. No, he's already done it. If we would just come together and agree with the cross and what he's accomplished, he'll do it. It's, he'll do it, and then he gives us the credit for it. But it's a partnership. He's waiting for us to partner with him in prayer and intercession. And he gets the glory, said Linda Purdy. Notice in verse 15, he disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The third way that we partner with Christ is that we pray that the praise of the cross would go forth unto triumphant victory. That there would be praise and worship in the church of his cross, and that there is victory, and that he is triumphing. This isn't a 50-50 battle. We may win, we may lose. I want us to be encouraged. I want us to have joy. I want us to have excitement. We had a prayer meeting this past Friday, and I'm telling you, we all left encouraged and filled with strength, knowing that what we're doing is unto his praise, his victory. He's triumphing over the enemy today and right now. If we just turn off the TV just for a little bit, just 30 minutes, turn it off. Put your phone away just for a little bit 
and get caught up in the Word of God, you will see, Christ, maybe you are winning. Maybe you've already disarmed them and you're waiting for us to jump in with you. You are triumphing already right now. But man, it's such a dilemma. The dilemma is this. So we have the accuser. We know what he's doing. We have the intercessor. We know what he's doing. But what say ye the church? What do you say? I want to encourage us. Brother Andrew Murray wants to encourage us. I know we say the word intercession, and most people are thinking, no, not me. I'm not called to do that. Here's what he says. If you feel that you do not have the power to intercede, let the discovery humble you and drive you to the mercy seat. God wants every redeemed child of his to intercede for the perishing. It is the vital breath of the normal Christian life, the proof that it is born from above. If you feel that you do not have the power to intercede, let the discovery humble you and drive you to the mercy seat. So I'm not up here today to make you feel bad and to, get, and to condemn you, make you feel guilty. But maybe the Lord just wants to expose maybe a lack of desire, a lack of power, a lack of strength to intercede so that a light would go off and we'd say, bing, that's me, Lord. I'm not good at that. They're, those guys over there are really good, but not me, so I'll just do a different ministry. No, this is a ministry for every believer in Christ. And so this morning, I just want us to recognize our need for the help of the Holy Spirit to intercede in us and through us. That's just what I want to make known this morning. That's my prayer this morning. We all, we all know the importance of it. I don't think I need to convince us to pray and to intercede. I think we all get that. We all understand that. But I want to encourage us that when you feel weak and you feel like you don't know what to intercede, how to intercede, when to intercede, the Holy Spirit will do the work in you. He really will. Like we know we're supposed to be in the Word. And we don't do it. We know we're supposed to pray and we don't do it. What I've been doing recently, and this really does help, when there's times I know I need to be in the Word and I need to be in the place of prayer and I don't feel like it, what I've done is I've, by the grace of God, I train and discipline myself to instantly pray, Holy Spirit, give me a desire. Draw me into the place of prayer and into your Word. And I just wait a few minutes. Just wait a few minutes. And I notice my heart kind of turning a little bit. I notice some things shifting around a little bit. And I realize, there it is. I do love your word. I do want to pray and seek your face. 
And it's a total work of God. It's him. It's not because you're just like so strong and if you just get fired up all the time and you'll just do it all the time. No, you won't. You will fail and you'll live in shame and condemnation and guilt, all that stuff. But if you learn to depend on the Holy Spirit in Romans 8, our weakness. He wants to pray and intercede through our weakness. That's okay. So when you come to prayer meetings and you're feeling extremely weak, you are the perfect candidate. Good. You lead the prayer meeting. You feel weak, come on up to the front because the Lord is looking for weakness and he's just going to pour grace, pour his spirit, and all of a sudden we have a prayer to pray. So don't, don't wait. Please don't wait. Please don't wait until you feel like you've mastered prayer to start praying or, or come to a prayer meeting. Don't do that. You will never master it. You'll never say it so eloquently and so perfectly and so flowy and so whatever you, you're trying to do. It won't happen. Just come. Lord, here's my weakness. Do something and watch you'll do it. He really will. I know there's some people who you, they just put off like they're just the best prayer people in the world. I'm telling you, they're fooled. They're fooling themselves. God is looking for weak vessels to partner with him in prayer and intercession. So, yes, I'm trying to pull you into Friday night prayer. I'll say it. I want this body to come and be a part of this. And I get it. we got reasons. You can't beat everything. I understand that. But I want us to make it a priority. September 11th, all of October. Friday nights, I really feel we have to jump into this. And as Barry was sharing at the meeting, we just don't want this to be something that we're just going to really start praying a lot because the elections. And then once we get our way, okay, now we can go home and relax. I really want God to give us a spirit of prayer. That it would persevere and that it would prevail. Also, I want to invite you guys. I want to invite you Thursday mornings at 8.30. The elders are having a prayer meeting here at the church. The staff has been involved in, in it. The core team has been involved in it. We want you to be involved as well every Thursday morning at 8.30. It's not going to change. Every Thursday morning at 8.30. We're coming together to pray. We're coming to intercede for this body, for specific topics, for whatever it needs to be interceded for. We're coming to do that. So in closing today, I just want us all to stand... We need a miracle this morning. I'm not going to get to hooping and hollering and shouting. I'm, we're just going to ask God to give us a spirit of prayer. God, draw us into prayer. God, give us a love for prayer. And if you need to, if you need to confess how much you hate prayer, go ahead and do it. Get it out the way. Just get it out the way and let's ask the Lord, Lord, I don't have a heart for it, but I know I should. Would you give it to me? Would you change me? So let's go ahead and begin to pray. I'm not going to ask the worship team or anyone to come up, but I just want us to pray and ask the Lord to give us a heart for prayer, to give us a spirit of prayer.
Father, we humble ourselves and we pray this morning. Father, we know we don't desire prayer. We don't hunger for prayer like we should. Lord, we know. And Father, I just pray that you would remove all guilt, all condemnation, God. God, all the negativity we carry in our own hearts concerning our own prayer life. And Father, would you cast us into a new place in prayer? God, would you elevate us into a new realm in the place of prayer? God, would you lift us up out of discouragement? God, would you lift us up out of mentalities of discouragement we have over our own lives in the place of prayer? And God, would we begin to grab hold of your heart for prayer? Would we begin to grab hold of your great mercy and kindness, O Lord? Father, would we begin to grab hold of intercession and laying our lives down for your cause, laying our life down for your purposes, God, laying our life down for your agenda. Oh, Lord, that we would not continue to act like we love prayer, but, God, we would give ourselves to it, Lord. Father, I'm praying and asking for you to change our hearts. Would you change the elders' hearts? Would you change the, 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 the youth pastor and the young adults, God? Would you change all of our hearts, Lord? Would you change our hearts, Lord? The children, would you change their hearts? The youth, God, would you change their hearts, God? We pray and ask that you would change us that you would make us new, Lord, that you would cleanse us, that you would wash us, oh God. God, we ask for change now in Jesus' name. Change us, Lord. Change us. Change us. Make us new. 
Clean us, wash us, O oh Lord. We are not as we ought to be, Lord. God, your word says in James that from our mouth comes blessing and cursing. That we bless God and we curse man. God, and your word says these things ought not to be so. Lord, would you cleanse our hearts? Would you forgive us, Lord, for cursing man, for cursing people that, who have been made in your image and in your likeness, O oh God? And would you cause us to step into the intercession of Christ? Would you give us his heart? His great mercy that He has for all mankind, that He came for the sinners. He didn't come for the good and the healthy. He came for the sinners. He came for the worst of worst. He came for the ugly. He came for the wicked. He came for the evil ones. God, You came, Lord, for the evil and the wicked, oh God. God, would You give us Your heart for them, Lord? God, we ask that you would use us. Would you cast us into the intercession that Christ made on the cross? God, would you change us? You change us, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we agree with you this morning. God, we step out of accusation and accusing and fault-finding and being critical. God, we step out of that place. And God, we step into intercession and mercy, kindness, a great love and great grace. Thank you, Lord, that you're cleansing this body. God, you're cleansing this church. You are cleansing your people. Cleanse. Cleanse our heart, Lord. We agree with change. Change us. 
God, we are not going to change ourselves. You are going to change us. If we can stop trying to change ourselves and ask the Father to change us. Thank you, Lord. I'm excited. I have joy in my heart. I don't know how you feel. I have joy in my heart. I, I really feel such a release uh, in the spirit as I begin just to, like I said, pray, Lord, change me. I'm tired of trying to change myself. It don't work. I just go in circles. But ask God to change you. Ask him to change. I know we, we're saved. We're, we're, you know, saved, he'll deliver. We've been sanctified. I get all that, you know. But there's something about we come to him again and say, God, just change me. And he begins to show us areas that we were wrong and that we've grown the wrong way. And yet he comes and he steps right in and says, here, I hope you grow the right way. Can we all agree we want to be changed by the Lord? So, Father, come and change us again. Touch us again, God. Give us a fresh desire for prayer and for your word. God, for loving the body and praying, praying for your body. Holy Spirit, we want to love you and treasure you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all. Bless you. If some of you want to grab some of these signs of uh, these people to pray for, please do. Grab one. Just don't pray for the accuser. Don't pray for the devil. He's done with. Bless you all. Have a good day. Amen.